Welcome to episode 301 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Episode 301 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I am very good, Bevan, and you? I'm pretty excited. Do you know why? Why? Well, we've just we've already recorded this month's Legends of Triathlon. <laughs> last month's one only came out last week, and yeah. we're, we're getting ahead of the game. We're ahead of the game big time, which is really good. So, actually, we, let's do a bit of a plug right now. So, last, last month we had Lauren on. Lauren Barnett. So, yeah. uh, go to legendsoftriathlon.com. That's up there. And, and if you don't know much about Lauren, she is a. We'll give us. We're going to. Uh, oh, okay. Talk is proudly brought to you by. I am Talk is proudly. I was going to do that after we did this okay. plug. Okay, well, we'll give the sponsors some love first. Okay, I am Talk is proudly brought to you by. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, the taste. Athlinks.com. Oh, the results. And Extreme Endurance. Oh, no lactic acid. There you go. <laughs> there you see what back, back to Legends of Triathlon. Yeah, so this month we had Lauren. Lauren Barnett. Lauren Barnett. And. She give us a bit of a quick buzz on her. She's this. Uh, I keep forgetting her title: Secretary General or Executive Secretary of uh, ITU. And she was basically with ITU from day one. And the reason we want to get her her on is she's basically done a life lifelong yeah investment into triathlon into the formation of the ITU. And I wanted to hear that you know the background of ITU and also a lot about Les McDonald because he's a name that often pops up and uh, it was so a great interview wasn't it yeah really good stuff and if you're new to triathlon or even like even I've been in sport for nearly 8 9 years now even you know so many stories that you don't mm. know and it's really great to hear it. and we've just finished recording Greg Welsh for next month's show yeah and it's a great interview eh good and uh, some gold stories oh there's lots of gold guys so anyway let's get back to I Am Talk that's Legends of Triathlon if you want to get it go to legendsoftriathlon.com so in this week's show oh I've got the wrong show notes up here we go in this week's show we've got some news we've got age group of the week we've got website of the week and we've got an interview Interview with Mimi. Mimi. And uh, she is with uh, endurancecorner.com and she's a psychiatrist and basically talking about a bit of a taboo subject of depression. Oh, which is it's, it's a really good discussion mm. again. And then we've got a few questions and answers at the end. News is proudly brought to you by Training Peaks, guys. If you want to go to Training Peaks, put in the discount code IAMTALK for a 15%. Discount off your paid subscription. Anyway, big race coming up happening last weekend was Abu Dhabi Tri. It was, and it's the third year. So it's great to see that this race is now well established and offering fantastic prize money. Um, 50000 for first 50, place. 50000 first yeah. place. It's nice. And the good thing is it pays nicely all the way down to 10th. So, and, and what's what's encouraging and, and I think is going to mean that the race should hopefully stick around is it is selling out you know i don't think they've got selling out in the long distance but certainly in the short distance they're, they're selling it out so financially hopefully they can look at it as a as a good investment i imagine a lot of it is funded by the tourism authority we did get feedback from david nan saying it, it, it's a good event still not of sharpest class it, it, it sounded really good but I, I guess the thing you're always going to expect when you go to a place like abu dhabi or, or, or middle east somewhere you probably he's, he mentioned that you don't get the massive crowds and i think you've just got to have that expectation when you go to that area but he said they did some really good things there you know in terms of icing the uh, ice he had the ice sponges and stuff and uh he said it was it was well organized um 
and so heading in the right direction because last year they did have a few issues in terms of I think some of the the, the turnarounds and stuff weren't quite ready for the pros and uh, it's like this year they might have delayed the start slightly to ensure that they had everything in place and yep. you know, I'd much rather be delayed at the start knowing that the race is set up and good to go than starting early and have it, having any sort of balls up so um, good on them for, for lifting the game this year but it was uh, it was a a very strong field. You know, you look at the, the top 10 there and we've got um, several guys who have been uh, in the top 10 in, in Kona, if not in the top three. You've got Dirk Bocklin there, you've got Luke Bell, you've got Lanos, Faris Sultan, Rasmus Henning. Um, and this year it was quite interesting on the bike. They, the, you, there was a good amount of action on the bike. Mm. The tendency in these races when it's a 200-kilometre flat ride, you think the potential is that they're just going to stay together on the bike. But Andrew Starkowitz um, was blitzing them off yeah. on the bike, and he had like about a five-minute lead or something, and then he crashed into a, an official at some stage Broke in the shoulder. later part of the bike. But then the, the other part of this story is, I read this morning online, that the person he crashed into was a vo- the volunteer is in... In critical condition in oh, hospital. No, it's not good. So he was blasting away on the bike, and uh, and but yeah, ended up um, having to pull out after the after the bike leg. And then there was a couple of others off the front as well. You had Farisal Sultan and uh, I think Clayton Fatel was off the front as well. And then you sort of had the pack of of the the Uber runners coming in about you know five to six minutes behind those guys. And, and well, I think Ferris had a two minute lead off the bike. Yeah, yeah, and, and he held on to it for a lot of the race. Mm. Like even I think at the halfway point he still had a two minute lead. And then about you know ten k to go, five k to go. It was about five k. Caught him. Rasmus caught him up, but apparently it was only in the last period that Rasmus actually got the win. So Rasmus took the took the race in, in six twenty one forty four, and you, you're right. I mean, um, Ferris was only about twenty five seconds down in second place, so very close racing. It was a course record by I think some massive margin, like eighteen minutes or eleven minutes, something wow. ridiculous. Conditions sounded fantastic. They were wetsuit in the swim, which all of a sudden, boom, that gives you a few minutes there, and it sounded like very cool conditions. Um, for Abu Dhabi, and then it did sound like the the, the 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 wind really picked up, but that's always going to happen over there. But I think while Strasmus probably had an amazing race, I think conditions probably certainly helped. And Nico Lanus again was only uh, he won the first time, didn't he? Thirty seconds back, so he was he was fifty eight seconds down on Rasmus at the end, and Andreas Bouchery from Germany was. Uh, couple more minutes back and Frederick Van Leer last year's winner was in fifth place Dirk Bockel Luke Bell Paul Ambrose he took a blaster off the bike as well Fraser Cartmel and Clayton Fattel was 10th well I think what's really cool is it's nice to see Rasmus have a win you know at a, at a significant race since turning from ITU you know he was he kind of hasn't quite lived up to the promise yet well he had, did have the, 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 the record breaking performance in Rote which really put, oh, him, put him on the map back it up I forgot all about that and, 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 he, and he did have a fantastic race first year Kona. Sorry, sorry, Rasmus. <laughs> sorry. When he when he had the broken hand or broken arm, and he finished in like fifth or something. But from that point on, I think yeah. that's when the expectation grew. You're thinking, right? He's had this amazing first up Kona. He's had an amazing road. Next step is he's yeah. going to win road. And what I should have the, said, John, is it's good to have him back. Yes, that's <laughs> when, that's when the problem started, and he seemed to have this cramping issue, and uh, and as, we, as you'll find out in a few weeks' time when we talk to Greg, you know, it's. What are you doing over there? Fixing my table. Fixing your table. Yep. Um, you know, he had this cramping issue, and that really gets inside your head. And um, cramping, you know, 
is, is co- can be caused by a number of things. Often it's as simple as a nutrition. You know, you're not getting the right nutrition in. Secondly, it can just be a, a, a training effect. You're not training appropriately for the, the the intensity or the distance you're doing. And third, there's some sort of short circuiting that goes on between your uh, your brain and your muscles, and that's yeah. the hard part to figure out. And uh, and I think a lot of it can become mental. Well, it was interesting interviewing Master Kona last year. He just had the sense of he was lost at what, why it wasn't all going to plan. You know, mm. you got the sense when you were talking to him, he was just like, I just something's not happening and it's really frustrating me. And so, you know, like Rasmus is a, an amazing athlete. And mm. so it's good to see, like this is one of those events where, you know, you're racing a strong field, you can really tick the box and know that you've had a good day. And, and sometimes for those top guys, it's just getting your confidence back is the key. Mm. And so, you know, who knows what this could open up for him for this year. Mm. Um, so on the girls' side of things, we had Nikki Butterfield take out the race, and also on a course record, seven hours and twenty-two seconds. From Angela Neath in second, Caroline Stephan in third, Melissa Rollinson fourth, and Rachel Joyce in fifth. Jodie Swallow, who a lot of people were picking before the race, she sort of faded a bit and was in sixth place. I think the things that came out of this race for me was amazing. Nikki Butterfield. She's a former under-23 world triathlon champion. I'm not sure. I think maybe 2005, somewhere around then she won. Uh, and she used to be Nikki Egad, I think it was. Um, nice. She's, that's, she's, that's good work, mate. It's she's married work. to Tyler Butterfield, who's uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he's American. What's her, what's her granddad's name? Um, Basil. <laughs> nice. I love that. Now and, you're onto it today. And he's a, he's a ex-cyclist The as granddad. Well. Yes, Basil, Basil. It's family tradition here. In the family. Um, but he's an ex, he's an ex cyclist as well because he was leading off the bike and crushed everybody in uh, fifty one fifty uh, finale last year. But he's uh, he, he faded on the run. But anyway, back to Nikki Butterfield. I mean, she looked like she just did a really well paced race. Um, she's a renowned cyclist and she actually rode professionally after she won the world junior title she went and raced professionally cycling for a while um but certainly i think she is well she's not in a name to look out for now she's she's cracked a, a major race and she's beaten some of the best in the world uh so keep keep an eye out for her angela neath was in second place and she won uh panama 70.3 last weekend or the, a few weekends ago when lance raced and what about melissa robinson melissa robinson she's 70.3 world champ 70.3 world champ Evan, and she's a machine runner and she got herself up into contention um um, faded. It sounded like things broke up about 50k to go on the bike, 40 50k to go on the bike, and she lost a bit then. And the extra distance didn't seem to do her any favours, and she uh, she only managed fourth place. <coughs> Interestingly, Rachel Joyce, uh, the Joyceinator, Joycetron, Joycetron, uh, yeah, is it, is it got yeah, a level? Is it? She had the fastest run split of the day. Oh great! And she's up against some good runners there, and so if she, you know, she said she had a bit of a crappy bike ride, um, but she's always a machine swimmer, and she's racing Ironman Melbourne. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how she goes there. When is it? It can't be far away. Three weeks. Uh, it's la- I think it's the last weekend of March. 28th, maybe something okay, like that. Okay. Um, Jodie Swallow, who a lot of people were picking to, to do amazing things, she was leading early on, um, but she was in sixth place. But close racing, you know, 10 minutes covering the first six girls. And on mm. the guys' side of things, uh, 11 minutes. There you go, girls. Top 10. Uh, oh, it's top 10, yeah, top 10 for the, for the first, um, first guys. John, I'm, John I'm surprised. Why? Because... You didn't, you didn't start the news of Ironman New Zealand. Well, that's because it wasn't an Ironman. <laughs> I did think long <laughs> and hard about it. Never was Abu Dhabi? 
It was closer to an iron. Oh, you, so it uses based on distances. It, it is. Oh, okay. Well, now I know. Now yeah, I know. Yes. But, well, but it was meant to be an Iron Man. It was a Nutrigrain. Uh, Nutrigrain Iron Man New Zealand. Zealand. So, so for those who don't know, which I'm sure that it's hardly anybody who listens to this show, but Iron Man New Zealand got cancelled from being an Iron Man distance race on the Friday before the race. We got an email from Jessica from WTC, and, and it was all on the news within New Zealand that the race was being reduced because there was a terrible weather warning from civil defence and uh, going over the North Island of New Zealand and you know what they made the right call it was a no brand they, they, they actually I don't think they could have made any other call no. because I think they did you see been... the photos of the waves and stuff oh, I didn't but they couldn't yeah, I, I, could I, I don't think field. legally I don't think they're allowed to I think civil defence would have stepped in and said no you can't do anything here yeah. because it wasn't it wasn't like it was a windy day it was like houses got blown no, not houses got blown down. roofs were getting blown off and, and not, not in Taupo but in different Nearby in, in Taranaki, roofs were getting blown off, sheds were getting blown down. It was uh, it was a major major storm. So, I think what would have been interesting for me is there was no way they could have ever have had a race. But had the conditions been moderately severe, you know, say like what it was a few years ago, that's when that becomes a harder decision because they couldn't have run the race. No. But if it's really windy. Then I wonder what they would have done. Well, but I'm, I'm, and the, you're, you're exactly right. They did they did a fantastic job in terms of professionally communicating making and, it happen and, and, and also that. not you know last time we kind of thought, oh, they kind of stuffed it up you know mm. the bike run kind of was a bit unfair the handicap seemed a bit mickey mouse whereas this time it's not happening today let's do a 70.3 tomorrow and and make that work and a couple of people commented on um on facebook um why don't you do an iron man on sunday and it's just it's just impossible it's yeah. uh, nothing's impossible but it's just not practical mainly because of the volunteer yeah. side of things Getting all that sort of sorted out—it's just—it's just you can't throw enough money at it to to, to make it happen. I suppose that we, you know, like it's—it's it's unfortunate, especially it's unfortunate because it happened about four years ago as well, didn't mm. it? Like it's—it's it's unfortunate that I'm in New Zealand's kind of been hit with this. You know, like you kind of hope that it never happens to any race, but for it to happen twice in such a short period of time is really, really unfortunate. And I'm in New Zealand's kind of had a hard time with weather in the last few years. Yeah, but you feel really sorry for the person who's been training for the first Ironman who, you know, you know, maybe only gets that one opportunity in their life, to, you know, where they can not have to worry about the kids or get off work and, and to make it work. And, and, you know, for those people who are listening to the show, just feel so sorry for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it was, yeah, because I know a couple of people who are in that situation where they'd, they'd gone, you know, Muscles Inc., John Ellis, yeah. you need a massage in Christchurch, check out Muscles Inc. You know, he'd, he'd dedicated this summer, he's got yeah, he kids too, and stuff, he? and uh, he goes, right, I really want to try to give Iron Man. Got the Iron Man pass. Yeah, and, uh, and he couldn't get, get out there and, uh, we always got out there and had a race, but it's 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 not the same. Well, it's a different beast, isn't it? And, and that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's not a seventy point three wild. It's a great thing. Thing. It's it's nothing like an Ironman, and so you you're gonna feel cheated. And it's no one's fault. It's just unfortunate, but you do feel gutted for those people. So. Uh, WTC have offered half price to any Ironman for six months. I haven't seen what the. Um the, the, the fallout of it's going to be there. They, they were saying that you know there's going to be opportunities coming up in terms of getting into other Ironmans that are that are I guess most of them are sold out. Yeah, that's um, a problem, isn't it? So it's not. I, I haven't seen any confirmed information yet. But they're they're doing their best to try to offer people the opportunity to go and and race if they want to do an iron distance race. So so I don't I, to be honest, I didn't really kind of track what happened on the Sunday. So give me the goss. Yes, yeah, so they basically turned it into a, a seventy point three. Um, I'm pretty sure the pros had, I'm almost positive the pros had a, a bit of a head start like they would at, at, at the Ironman and then uh, it looked like, it still, when I was watching saw a little bit of coverage, it did look like the, the swim was still a bit it was still a bit windy, yep. but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't wasn't crazy crazy windy. But it was a nice day um, in terms of sun and everything had sort of blown through. And 
uh, what basically happened in the race was um, you had Marco Albert smoking off in the swim, and the spotters couldn't pick it. I was sitting there watching, watching a little bit on the computer, and I was getting annoyed because they said <laughs> they, they, they were saying there's somebody out the front in the swim, and I was like, it's Marco Albert. It's got to be Marco Albert. And it was, John, was they needed yeah. us out on the boat. They needed us out on the boat. Because when we were in Kona, who were they using? It was us two, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It is, spotting is very, very difficult. Um, but if you'd done, the, the, uh, I just knew it would be him because he's a machine swimmer. Anyway, he had to lead out of the swim. But basically what it turned into on the bike was a, a group formed on the bike. And, and, and Marino was saying he tried to get away, but it was basically a group had formed and, uh, and a bunch of them came off the bike and, and it became a running race. Um, and Any surprises? Well, yeah, I mean, um, Carl, Carl Hayes gave us the inside word on, on Tim, Tim Reid. Reed, he's, yep. he's an Australian, and he's 27, and he ran himself into second place, and he was leading for quite a margin of the, the race. Marino caught him towards the end and, and went on to take the win. But uh, he should have been penalised for disgusting Speedos. He was wearing the Speedos, and he had black and white check Speedos, and they looked random. Hey, mate, it's fashion. You've got to push your edge. You don't want to be the same as everyone else, John. <laughs> so the, the story of the day, Marino swam 25.37. He rode 2.12, and he ran a 1.12.41 for, for, for three hours 51. Which is pretty good on that course, because she's a roller. Yeah, that's, that's a nice time. And then Tim Reid was second, um, about 50 seconds back, and Cameron Brown was in third, and uh, he was about a minute and a half down on Marino. So Brownie is not a – he's a very good half-athlete, half yeah. but he's not a, not a great athlete. Um, Terenzo was, was – whilst he only finished down in seventh, he was right in the mix for, for a decent portion of the run. He, he looked like he really bolted from the, from the start, but obviously maybe his run volume is not quite there because in, in a normal 70.3 situation, put Terenzo, Terenzo just, yeah. you put him beating Marino Van Honecker, you know, I don't know, seven times out of ten. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's an outstanding, so he's still got a little way to – Guy to Crawford. Go Guy Crawford. Nice. Nice guy hung with the bike. You know, he's a, he's a good swimmer, and uh, he hung tough with the bike, and he finished in eighth place. Nice work. And the girl side of things? The girl side of things. Now, um, Anne uh, Longthorn Files, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she gave us, uh, and Carl and Anne both sent us emails last week. It was, I think it was after we'd recorded. Carl's the first off the bike, isn't he? Dot com. No. Was oh, that not Carl? No, I think so. Oh, okay. No. no. Um, but Anne Long, Longthong Thiles was saying, Meredith Kessler should get on the show. She's going to crush everybody. And I think I don't think we'd mentioned her last week. I don't think we'd had the email. And, and to be fair, she has. She's had some great results. But I thought, iron distance race on New Zealand soil, it's going to be Joe Lorne and, and Gina Crawford crushing it. But, oh, she showed us, didn't she? She showed us, John. And Longthong let us know about that too, didn't she? She sent us a big email. She did. And Sharpen not, up, boys. And she, not, she crushed them on the, uh, the swim. She crushed them on the bike, and she then she had the, I think, by the look of it, the fastest run split. So I'm very impressed. Uh, she swam 26.30, she, she rode 2.29, and she ran 1.21. and she an eight-minute win. Eight-minute win. Yeah. The racing for second was spectacular. There was, uh, there was only just over two minutes covering uh, second through, through sixth. Uh, so that was bloody nice close racing. But Meredith Kessler, hats off, bloody smoked everybody. Our hats have just gone off to you, Meredith. 121, that's pretty respectable for a, for a half run on a bit of an undulating, somewhat undulating course. I'm pretty impressed with that. <clears throat> pretty impressed. You've and got the John Newsom tick. And you made it. You, who cares about the win? You've got the John Newsom. You have a very close race between Kate um, Bevilacqua and Joe Lawn. Three seconds. Three Must seconds. Have a sprint off. Mm, was and uh, because I remember a few years ago, Joe Lawn um, and Kate Bevilacqua were going head to head on the run, and Joe cracked her towards the end. And uh, but this time, the the 
role reversal. Joe Lawn was only third. Jessica Jacobs fourth. Gina Crawford was a little way down in uh, fifth place. She lost a bit of time on the bike and uh, ran 123, so it was the same as all that. Pretty close racing, but over there, out of Meredith, you're kind of from second through to basically Ellie Hongton. Ellie Hongton made in there. We're going to mention her. uh, No, we're not. We're going to mention her now. We're going to mention her right now. That could work out. Ellie Hongton. 10th place in the 45 to 49 age group, getting 10th place. Only 13 minutes behind Joe Lawn. Nice. Love your work. Okay then Well that's I Man New Zealand So unfortunate for those people Who didn't get to race But you know what you'll, Hopefully you'll come back next year And we'll see you here again that's What do you think is going to happen With the um, The selling Of I Man New Zealand Do you think it'll sell out um, It's going to be interesting Obviously now you've got Because Melbourne. last year Didn't have Melbourne Before it sold out Yeah And uh, you wonder If that was strategic or not um, Whether they weren't quite ready to do it But I think that will certainly Have an impact The weather will probably Have a little bit of an impact uh, So I don't know I think they'll still do well But I'll be I said this last year, I'd be surprised if it sells out as quick as it did. Um, but more races. There's more competition there, at least, isn't there? Yeah. Okay, guys, well, got, oh, you want to say something else about I'm in New Zealand? Um, I asked the question. So, what happened was they, they still had the same qualifying, still had the same prize money. And as far as I read, they still had the same Kona qualifying points for the, the pros. But what I was interested to know, and I popped Jessica an email, so I'll be able to up, update next week, was for the pro athletes that raced, does it still count as an Ironman? They said the points is going to be the same, but uh, you have to do an Ironman in your season to validate your uh, entry. Um, so it's some advantage for someone like Vern Honecker if you can get not having to do an Ironman. Yeah, I mean, he'll, they'll probably all do, do one anyway, but I was just thinking, for those that did it, they were thinking, mm. this is going to be my only Ironman of the season. Like, last year we had Marinda Carfrey come across, and that was her only Ironman of the season. Does that still sit? So I'll find out for that for you guys, and I'll bring it in next week. Okay, guys, well, WTC have announced a new initiative called KonaInspired.com. And Kona Inspired is basically where you can upload your own 90-second video clip of basically what you have done towards Kona or something inspirational about Kona. And it's, it's if you go to the website right now, they've got a few clips up there, but they're ones that obviously have been produced by them. But the idea is that you can put your clip up there now. And this is sort of, you know, it's, it's basically the stories of, of, of Kona. Um, and the, you're basically going to be drawings. It's, it's basically, you know, when you have the NBC coverage and you have those, those stories along the way about um, – Mary Wang, who lives in California, and this she, she's got. Five, I love how you point out Mary Wang. She's got five kids, and and this is her story. Yeah. Um, it's your chance to tell your story, really, isn't it? I guess the WTC are trying to connect now a bit more with the community and saying, hey, rather than us just you know randomly choosing these stories and trying to find out about themselves, how about you guys actually contribute? And uh, if you know someone who's got a great story, um, or yourself got a great story, then this is your chance to get involved and. It really isn't my cup of tea, as people probably guess, but the, the NBC coverage is, is, is just massive for the sport in terms of oh, getting, everyone, getting more people involved. Everyone wants to tell this story. I know it's not yeah. your cup of tea, but this is – and what they're doing is they're doing it so that well, basically what happens is you put in your 90-second block and then there's a voting kind of thing that you can everyone vote on and you can put on Facebook and get people to vote. And it's, it's obviously also drawing people to watch inspirational stories about Iron Man, which would maybe inspire – you know the ex, you know outside community. So, you got, um, and there are winners. I'm not sure what they win, John. What well, they you want an entry to Kona? Oh, there you go. I'm almost so. positive that's how it works out. So you got until May 31st, and then there's 45 semi-finalists will be divided into groups, and then people get to vote on that, and uh, and then you have your winners. Um, Can we use the there. power of I am talk to make someone win? 
You can, you can choose to go down that path if you like to, Bevan. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, that's how it rolls. Um, okay, other news, Legends of Triathlon. We kind of gave that a plug, but we yep. have got the Blue 70 auction. So we've got a Blue 70 tri suit up there and a pair of Blue 70 togs. Last time I checked, there was no flipping bids, so people, get on it. It's a bargain. Yes. Um, and if you want to get that, you go to www.legendsoftriathlon.com. Um, also, John's ITU update. What's happening, John? Uh, it's a big weekend coming up, Bevan. It's a big, big weekend, weekend for Macca, isn't it? Oceania Champs is coming up. And so it's in Australia. It's in Devonport, Australia, and what's why this is an important well, but race? But Sydney's the big one, isn't it? Well, it is. Yes, you know that's that's going to be for New Zealanders. That's a selection race. But what's important for New Zealand with this race and, and Australia is first across the line is a guaranteed automatic slot for not 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 for that person, but for the country. So New Zealand is teetering on whether they're having two or three slots for oh, the Olympics. So if we can get the win. We get, we get three. the win. We're guaranteed three. And I'm not sure exactly of Australia's position um, as well. But what's going to be interesting here is, is team tactics is going to come into play, and that's because New Zealand does. The guys in New Zealand don't. Yes, they care who wins, but they really care if a New Zealand wins. wins. So it's going to be fascinating racing. Macca could, could be a factor here as well because Australia might be thinking the same way and whether they'll let Macca... But have they got three slots anyway? We see, I'm not sure. I think they're in a, they might be in a similar-ish sort of position. They'll want to, they'll want to win the race to get that slot. So it's well, this is where Macca has to prove himself, isn't it? Because his argument is... I can support our guys in the race. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a competitor. I'm not going to be um, getting a medal. But, you know, I, if I can get out of the water, that's the key. If I can get out of the water with the crew, I can cycle guys up, you know, pull people through, do the hard yards to get our guys in good positions. Mm-hmm. So if this is maybe a good opportunity where he can prove his value in that way. So it's a pancake course, which doesn't help. Um, so it could actually end up being a bit of a bore fest and just coming down, <laughs> coming down to a run. But, hey, let's wait and see. And one other thing we, we need to announce, um, we talked about last week, the I Am Talk Tri Suits are, oh, yeah. are, are ready to go. You've done a good job with this one, mate. I'm liking them. I'm liking them. So you can go on to I Am Talk, um, click on our imtalk.me, click on our store, and then there's a drop-down menu, and you can go to Tri Suits there, and it's got the details on there. They are... Oh, he's just going to have a cough. $155 US, but, but wait, wait, that's but wait, not all. More, wait, let's do, let's do the infomercial. So wait a second. What do you get for your $155? Devin, you get an SLS original version IM Talk tri-suit. Wow, but wait. Looking style. Surely you'd get more for that. And Bevan, you're right. You get to choose between a pair of SLS uh, socks or a pair of SLS day sleeves, compression socks or day sleeves and valued at uh, $60 US. So wait a second. All together, what would be the recommended value? I think it's about $245 US. And how much are you paying? You're paying $155. Call now. <laughs> Go to imtalk.me and order your suit now. So, so the, the deal is uh, you've got to order it by, I've got the date on there, is it uh, so it's late March? Um, yep, 23rd. 23rd of March. You've got to order by then. We'll then put in an order and it'll take about four or five weeks for production. Then they'll get shipped out. Shipping for Americans is, I think it's $6.50. Anywhere else in the world is $16.50 US. And uh, so they'll be into you guys you know, sometime late April just in time for, for summer so go to www.imtalk.me and under the store drop down menu you'll see try suits click on there and has all the information for you it is a bit of a no brainer because the, the suits by themselves normally retail at 185 so mm. the suits in themselves are $30 cheaper and then you've got the socks that are worth 60 bucks. so and you get to look like style and to be honest because I was talking to Luke when I was in Hong Kong and he was saying if you've got the IMTalk jersey people just think you're they're coming to say go, go IMTalk cool. yeah, I tell you yeah. Tra- the shitty Training peaks. Um, if you, you, 
one Tell of our key sponsors. Sponsor, John. Sponsor. We, we, they talk a bit about, um, you know, we obviously talk about the basic version and the, the paid version on Training Peaks. The pay, basic version is fantastic for, for tracking your training and uh, more or less just using it as a training log. If you go to the paid version, then you can start using all the analytical tools a lot more. And it's only uh, 10 bucks a month, 120 bucks for the year, less 15% if you use the code IMTALK. John, and how much is that? Um, you can do the maths, Bevan. Right oh, it's $105. No, 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 it's not. It's not <laughs> no, it would be about 80 something. Yeah, you do the maths. Okay, quick, quick. I'll, I'll do the maths while you're doing it. It's, it's not that hard, but I've, I'm thinking about what I'm about to say. No, it's so not that hard, I, but you put up I, I, can't, uh, I can't do two things at once. I'm a male. But anyway, um, one of the, the things I've recently introduced is segment analysis. And what's good about that is when you upload your file, uh, um, if you upload a power file or a heart rate file um, onto Training Peaks, and if you've whether you've done your laps or whether you haven't done laps, say you're doing a, a, a race and you haven't hit your lap button, then you can basically now segment analysis, you can go through and you can select certain parts of the race and you can rename them. And what you can, when, when you do that, say for example you're doing, um, say you're, you're at Ironman Hawaii and you want to figure out what your, your power output or your heart, average heart rate was when you're sort of doing the stretch up to say Harvey, which is a bit of a climb, you can basically go through, you can select that period and um, you can actually not give it a name rather than just saying lap one you can say right Harvey um, section and you can basically figure out all your um, average heart rate average power whatever you want to get all the averages are on there and it's just a good way of if you haven't hit your lap button during the race firstly now you can create laps within a race or within training and then secondly um, if you have hit that lap button then you can actually now rename all your laps so it's a a lot easier for when you're looking at a file to actually quickly be able to find out um, what it's all about so check it out Um, there's a a good link here the link they've sent through or you looked at is really good on their blog they've just shown some of the new innovations and they've got some great stuff coming out haven't they we're going to talk a bit more about some of those now (laughs) so segment analysis you go to trainingpeaks.com and uh, I'll, I'll chuck a link up on our Facebook page as well to, to read a bit more about segment analysis you know what the more information you get about your training and not just training great thing about training picks is that your nutrition and everything is that around what you're doing as an athlete the better decisions you can make and training picks is a really great tool to help you do that so go to trainingpeaks.com or go to i am talk and click on our link there because they know that you're coming from us and then put in the discount code i am talk for 15 percent off okay you want some hot topic stuff hot topic so hot topics which is uh probably brought to you by sls try use the code i am talk for 25 percent off at sls try.com okay jombo so what was the discussion last week basically what we wanted from you guys is we wanted to hear because we got a bit of a hard time the week before that yes um, and actually i'm going to read out a bit of an email right now john because yeah. I got a bit of a hard time from wait a second let me get was it matthew it was matt yeah matt. probably matthew because old matt and uh he gave us a bit of a hard time so we're a bit lame Lame shame, that's what I call it. And uh, But then he, here's his email, discussion. Hey guys, just heard the first hour or so of the show and I wanted to apologise. Oh, no need to apologise, just having a bit of fun. <laughs> on my comments, if my comments on the discussion either upset either of you, they weren't meant to be in, uh, typed in malice. I wasn't, uh, <coughs> sorry, I'm becoming John. I wasn't upset then. It's not a bad thing, Bevan. Oh, you, I'm doing the, the cough to the side thing. Yeah, you tend to do it a little bit more than me, but that's okay. Um, I wasn't upset. Um, I was more playful jab, and I thought it might be a result in some witty banter, which it did, but at my expense. And he said, at the end of the day, it's all good fun. And I just said, maybe you should have put a little smiley face at the end. Because yes. I did read into probably, it went to my heart, John. It went deep. It went, it went deep. deep. It just felt like a, a knife just slowly injecting in. Yeah. And I just thought, oh. But luckily, he was, so I'm saying, if you're going to give us a bit of jest, 
little smiley face just needs to snow sometimes. <laughs> if it's not that obvious, you know, just saying. So, so Matt, you know, the love is back in the air, and we're all mm. we're all having big hugs right now, virtual hugs. So, so anyway, discussion. So then what happened is that motivated us to find a new discussion of, because it's hard for John and I, because we have mm. to think every week for this show. Yes. And thinking is quite hard for John and I. It's very difficult. Especially for me. Yes. And so what we've done is we've said, let's put it back on you guys. And so for this week's show, we said, what discussions a week do you guys want to know? And, and you guys have OTT delivered. But, but also the, the, the other part of it, well, the original discussion was uh, one tip for first time, if somebody's going to do their first Ironman, and then second, oh, was give, oh, give, oh, give us I your discussions. your first so that was the first tip and so what I've done I've filed most of those discussions the ones that I thought were worthy worthy, and they, they will be uh, instigated over the, the coming weeks and months not every week but you know from time to time this week I'm starting up with, 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 with one that you'll, you'll probably quite like Bevan oh okay well you start off with one of the ones you, you... Well, the, so, so what we're basically going to do here is we're going to go through well I'm going to go through you can do whatever you want Bevan um, I'm just going to go through <laughs> some, some of the tips because all the discussion topics will, will, will fly oh, so you, over oh, the coming oh, okay, months but Will you give them their name if they make it? Yep, yeah, I've, I've filed the names. Good. Yep. Tim, you copy pasted, yeah. Yep. Tim Gardner said uh, his tip would go to sub17.net, which incidentally happens to be Tim's, Tim's website, I oh, think. Oh, wow. Um, Amazing. For, which is full of tips for the novice Iron Man. There you go. I've just put up sub17.net right there. So there you go. Um, Dr. Bass, Darren Basso. I love his nickname. It's probably one of my favorite ones ever. Do you know what? The other night, I was telling Joe about how we do the nicknames, and she was like, oh, wow, that's really cool, because we got a really good donation this week, didn't we? Yeah. We got a super good donation this yeah. week. And uh, and I was telling Joe, you know, we give a nickname when the donations and stuff, and uh, which is awesome, because it's getting us to Kona, so we can do great shows for you guys. And I literally said, oh, like, there's some really cool ones, like Doran, Drop the Bass, Basso. And then what I did is I went to the I Am Talk page and I read her everyone. Mm. And after about 10, you could tell she wasn't that keen, but I was really impressed with our work. Yeah. And she goes, oh, you don't need to read them. I said, oh, no, 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 listen to this one. <laughs> she was loving it. Nice. Anyway, go slower than you should until the 15th mile mark in the marathon, then see how you feel. And I thought it was, it was a pretty good one. Um, Adam... Hilton, smile, thank the volunteers, and walk up the finishing chute, enjoying every last second. Oh, and thank your wife for allowing you to train for the last 12 months. Um, has uh, been the running man sure is uh, listen to I Am Talk while you bike, bike, and bike. Albert Boyce. Um, oh, here's someone to listen to. Yes, don't go too hard on the bike. If you're afraid of going easy on the bike, uh, uh, if you're afraid of going too easy on the bike leg, you have a whole marathon to make up for your mistake. You know what? So. I thought there was a really good... Really good one. Oh yeah, yeah. You can, you can. It's very difficult to go too easy on the bike. Yeah, uh, Peter Colson. Have you done his? No. Okay. Uh, don't do an Ironman. It's like a drug. You can't stop at one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, Tom Langdon Lube everything And I'm not talking about the bike Yeah That's probably tip number one um, Who we got here um, Morton Paulson um, Where am I Where am I Where am I um, uh, Train my plan, train, plan, Training plan On smartphone Online Oh I don't know Morton I'm going to have to go back And figure out what your one was Erin Lee um, Get up Get a coach You're worth it oh, I totally agree Oh, I'm still looking at Morton. No, okay, Ryan Leone. Um, number tip: put a piece of cold pizza in your special needs bag. That was what I wanted halfway through the marathon, or a donut would have hit the spot too. I guess. Um, just uh, Bree Whitweave. Do you reckon I got the one? Yep, go for it. I haven't got it in front of me, but go oh, because that's why John John's John's internet doesn't work at my house. Yeah, we tell him that every week. Yeah, but no, because I have a, a, a PC. 
no zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, you, if you brought a mat, you'd have no problems. Uh, smile no matter how you feel. Just keep on smiling. It's a magical day. My last one, Stuart Moore. Try to fall asleep on the bike so you can be so it can be more enjoyable. I'm guessing you love the bike. Uh, get into the sunscreen so that you're not recovering from blisters. Also, walk the aid stations, but keep running under the whole marathon, no matter how slow it is. John, that's more than one tip. I know. And if you train <laughs> nine months for this, then you want to get everything out of this event. Jeepers, it was nine months. Yeah. Wow. Okay, John, what would be your tip? I haven't thought about that. Oh, Uh, here we go. This is about pulling out your butt. Um, So I think Albert's one, I've got got, got, got to give one, one tip. Albert's Albert's is good. Yeah. I like the idea of you can make up for it on the marathon. I like that kind of analogy. Um, Simulate and training. Got to do some simulations. Well, you mean I am in? So you got to do give say, us some give us details. I know so, you have only one tip, but you can give details. So tip. do in your in their build up, do at least two or three simulations where you're doing a pretty solid length swim bike run. So we're talking, you know, a six hour sort of training session. Oh, that, that'd be your one tip. Well, if I've got one, I mean, then I'll go. Well, you got to practice nutrition. No, but, but you got to do this then the other. Really, thing. that would be the one. That'd be number one. Yes. Wow, well, I wouldn't have put that as your number one. Well, what's your number one? I would have been Albert's. Well, you can't have Albert's because he got it first. Oh, okay, okay. What would be my number one Come tip? on, pressure's on. You've done, yeah, yeah. What, what, come on, come on. You've done eight items. To pull it out of your butt. Come on. Well, I am, I am. I'm just going to make sure mine's a really good one, not just, okay. you know, six-hour training day. Um, what would be my number one tip? Practice nutrition. What about training? No, no, don't even have to train for an I mean, if you okay. get nutrition right, you turn up on the day. Okay. I guess my other one would be, oh, no, you would would be pace. I'd put pacing before nutrition because if you get your pacing wrong. No, if you get nutrition wrong. Mm. Which okay. Pacing I, comes first, I think. No, I think nutrition comes first. Mm. I do. I do think nutrition. I think they're both pretty. I think it's a, it's a 5% difference either th- way. We've got a three there. We've got simulation, nutrition, and we'll practice nutrition and practice and have a pacing plan. Okay. There's your top three there's, tips. There's, so if you're at a party and someone goes, I'm doing an Ironman, just say, here's the IAM talk, top three top tips. Top three tips. <laughs> okay, uh, our discussion of the week is proudly brought to you by... We've got to do this week's one. Oh, okay. Well, wait, wait, I'm getting confused. So this week, Anthony Ripamonte. Whoa, what a discussion. Say that again. Ripamonte. Oh, you're going to need to donate because I want to give a nickname to that one. That's sensation. <laughs> Ripamonte. How has your participation in sport affected your family and colleagues positively, negatively, or have you inspired others to try Ironman? I, I did. Okay. Next week's hold discussion. it. Hold it. Tell you what, John, if you want to get some compression gear, and you know what, obviously lots of you guys are, because we're getting lots of emails going, oh my God, I love this stuff. Mm. And uh, we've got someone asking about washing. Did you get I've them? I've got, got that. This next week's, yeah. Okay. So um, um, it's made in the USA. It's at least try. Bib shorts. I've got um, compression bib shorts. Oh, got nice. Cold back, sun reflector, and UV protection. So, would you race with these on? Uh, not if they're bib shorts. No. Oh, no, not bib shorts. No, they've, no. Got, they've got also got tri shorts as well. They've got a back pocket, um, to small store, small items, and ID. Very light, high end gel pad. Free shipping within the US. So, go to slstry.com and uh, use the code I am talk. Get yourself some bib shorts, and you get a twenty five percent discount. And like I was saying, a you know the discount just makes it stupidly cheap. But mm. b you know we're getting lots of good feedback. Lots of you guys are buying it, so check it out because you know people seem to be loving what they're getting. Do you want me to put some music on? Yeah, we want some music. Oh, yeah, some music. We're 40 minutes into the show, mate. Really? Yeah, you, we are okay. going to have to call some of John, John came up with a 20-page um, show notes this week. Okay. And we did an interview. It was half an hour last week. We'll, so. cull, cull web, we'll cover the website of the week. It was a good website, but uh, we'll maybe mention it. We won't, cull, we, won't. we won't make it a website. We'll just yeah. give it a plug. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we do it to the website? 
Sorry? Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> I'm taking too long, isn't it? Here we go. <laughs> Age group of the week. Of the age group of the week. Where were you then? I was about to website. You confused me. <laughs> You're the one who vetoed me. <laughs> so basically, this week's um, we're just going to have two quick age groupers because they're the two winners from Ironman New Zealand seventy point three Nutrigrain seventy point three Ironman New Zealand. And what you're, was you're doing? You're doing good with the sponsors, aren't you? You've got to give sponsors some love. Yeah, you um, do have to because it helps our sport. Go buy box of Nutrigrain. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to buy a box of Nutrigrain. Yeah, and then, Nutri- then I'm going to send them some feedback saying, I bought this box because you sponsor Army New Zealand. No other reason. I don't normally do get you know it. what you could do, John? What? You don't need to buy the box. Oh, come on, Bevan. That's not supporting the sponsors. <laughs> no, it's not. It's so the sponsors. Shannon Stallard, uh, impressive. He finished 10th overall. He was wow. first age grouper. Um, he swam 29, rode 222 and ran 118. 414. Very impressive to get 10th overall. Yeah. And what was a strong pro field? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was this year, wasn't it? It's a pity about not having the Ironman. Mm. Was it was going to be a fascinating race, wasn't it? Well, you had different. Yeah, it just turned out to be a running race, and I think there would have been different elements going on had it been an Ironman. Oh, um, breaks my heart, John. So nice work, Sean. I've raced him once or twice, and he does. Oh, uh, you know him? I don't know him, know him but I've just he, does he beat you? Uh, he wouldn't to and fro. I think. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Is he on athletics? Don't know. Yeah, check that out. Um, but in Wellington, when I've done Wellington a couple of times, did you beat him? Um, I think he won once, and then I think I beat him the other time. Nice. Don't know, whatever. 50, so, but but very nice race, very nice race. Interestingly, though, in the 30, he's in the thirty to thirty four age group. He's thirty two. Yep. Andrew Black from Christchurch. Yeah, I know Andrew. Um, he um, finished fourth in his age group yep. in thirty thirty four. And he was like fifth age grouper overall. So oh, he was like, unfortunate so age group. Unfortunate age group. Roll down. Only three, three spots and he rolled down and got it. Oh, and he's so he's going to Kona? Mm. Oh, awesome. Because yeah. Andrew's like a trooper who's been in it for years. Yes. So. And on the girls' side of things, Hilary Wicks, age 35. She finished sixth overall in the uh, age group competition. Very impressive. 4.32. So Joe Lorne was only 4.30. So she's only like... Two minutes behind second. Nice. And she was in sixth place. So that's awesome. 35, swam 32, rode 226, ran one. She's probably been looking at the numbers, John. Do you know why? Why? She's an accountant. No. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. He's a wait a second, but Shannon put herself down as a triathlete. Sorry? Well, his professions as a triathlete. But she's an age grouper. No, no, Shannon. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, maybe uh, he is an age grouper. Maybe he's an age grouper racing. Pro. Pro. Who knows? Anyway, those are your age groupers of the week. Well done, you guys. And people out there, start sharing some love. I haven't got any age groupers on file. There's got to be some racing going on. Surely we got one. Even if it was last year, I haven't got one. Not Just, one. Even if it was 20 years ago. You know, we want some good stories. Maybe you should make it one. What do you mean? Someone who's been really great. I do that. That's what I did today. No, well, you, wow. You just went and did a copy and paste. You didn't actually go do some research. Oh, and, how about, you, give, how about give, you do some, some research? Concept. Okay, well, Belle Fong. There you she's go. racing next weekend, I think. She's Melbourne. Going to be, she's doing Melbourne. Mm. So, hey, Belle, if you do well, you could be our age group of the week. You're, you go. you're going to be the first ever pre-race age group of the week. Pressure to perform. Yeah, you have to perform. If you don't perform, we take it off you after the race. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme Endurance They've got their new website out um, By look I think it's looking pretty fancy I saw old Tams and oh, Lewis Oh I'm going to pull it up I'm going to pull it up It's Tams and Lewis uh, You know friend of, the, friend of the show And she's a doctor as well And they've got a picture of her You'll see her when it comes up Got the little stethoscope on Got the white, white jacket on Riding her bike And uh, so what they've done They've updated the website They've got quite a few that, um, that's, that's the old You know Give it credibility Because she's a doctor Yeah ah, But nice. what, what they have got on there now Is they have got a few YouTube clips and stuff Of um, people like Tamsin and, and some other people Talking 
about their experiences with it. So get on to Extreme Endurance, use the code IMTALK and uh, you get yourself a nice healthy discount. We had a few emails in from guys who went to see them at the Tri Show in the UK and it was well worth their time going up to, yeah, to Sandy was, and yeah. saying, hey Sandy, I'm, uh, I've heard about you guys on IMTALK. I also saw on there that they're going to Oceanside 70.3. So if you're going to Oceanside, Go see the Extreme Endurance guys at the expo and uh, say you listen to I Am Talk. Remember, use the code I Am Talk for a discount. It's, it's worth going on this website just to have a look at that photo of Tenzin and Lewis. She's looking <laughs> pretty hot, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not a single man, but Tenzin, you're looking pretty hot on that bike there. Declan's going to come after you. Declan's the name of her boyfriend. Is it? Well, I, I would, I would sub, I'd stay sub, away from him. Sub nine hour. Sub, I think he's sub nine hour. Um, oh, see, I, I never got to see well. him. She wouldn't like me. I never got to sub nine. Yeah. So go to Extreme Endurance, uh, xendurance.com, use the code I Am Talk or automated delivery. Use AD I am talking again. Nice and discount. if you are someone who likes to geek out a little bit more, if you go to the website, they've actually got um, the clinical studies that have backed up all the things that they've done. They've got the protocol and study, and the, you know how the science behind what they're doing. So they kind of can clinically prove what they're doing, but also you know the feedback we get from you guys is that you absolutely love this stuff. So xendurance.com, check, check, check it out. Okay, Jumbo, wait right. a second. Do I need to put more music on? No, uh, music. Okay, yep. Okay. No, we probably don't. No, we don't. We don't need to kill more time. No, we don't. No. So this week we've got an interview with Mimi from uh, Endurance Corner. Yeah. And great gonna, interview. Actually, going to hear an intro about her in a moment, but. The idea for this, as I said in the intro, I think, this, which is coming out, we did it last week, so I kind of forget, but um, it's a, it's a, it is quite a taboo topic, depression, and it's very widespread in triathlon. Um, it's very widespread in the general population, but from my experience from coaching is it's a lot more widespread in triathlon than most people actually realise. There's a lot of people on antidepressant drugs, um, and it's hopefully something that this interview might help people that are working with it to get through it and also going to help hopefully people that know f- have friends colleagues um, family who are, who are dealing with it as well because it is uh, when it goes to the extreme and when you're talking suicides and stuff it's bloody hard to know what to do what steps to take and, and, and the intention with this interview is to try to help it's brought to you by endurancecorner.com um, uh, Mimi writes on there I think monthly John, John we need to just go we're, we're 45 minutes okay, on the show okay we've got to give we, 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 no we talk about this on the interview if you we? want to go no if you want to go to um, Endurance Corner they've just finished their Tucson camp oh. and uh, they've got their Boulder camp coming up from June 17th to 23rd um, starts on Monday Run training starts Monday and runs through to Saturday if you ever want to go to Boulder or Awesome place to train. I mean, oh. everybody says they go on there. It's just a mecca, and just going there for a week will be good times. Here Altitude we go. As well. oh, here, oh, now you're ready. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So today we've got a, another special interview. Pretty, a pretty intelligent interview, John. Yeah, I think. Wow, she's going to show us up. I think, <laughs> Devin. It's not that hard. <laughs> and when we were in Kona last year, we met uh, Mimi Winsberg, um, and she is a Kona qualifier. Um, but she's a legend. Also, yeah, but she's also got the the brain power of uh, Bevan and myself and about five other people combined. <laughs> She's a, um, graduated from Harvard University and completed professional training from Stanford University. And she's got an office in um, Merino Mar- Park in downtown San Francisco. And she's practicing psych- um, psychiatric psychiatrist yeah. yeah with expertise in mood disorders and sport psychology and she also works with the guys with um from endurance corner so of writing there welcome along to the show mimi thank you so much did you know the funny thing was john what's the funny thing well the kona paid last year you had a pretty big night didn't you yeah yeah i didn't i was yeah. mimi we were just sitting around going deep in conversation weren't we 
<laughs> we were we were deep in conversation. We were deep. People would start, people would be coming over to us and they'd be doing the party talk. They realized we were pretty deep and they'd leave us pretty quickly. I don't think they could relate. It was it was, it was just it was a different level of conversation. <laughs> we were out there. <laughs> but but the reason I wanted to get um, Mimi on the show was uh, to discuss a topic that's a, got a bit of taboo around it and sort of you know dealing with the depression um, because since I've started coaching um, we're back in about two thousand and four on a full time basis I have been quite surprised with the amount of people that I see that suffer some form of depression and it also hit home with me um, a few years ago we had a, an athlete in Christchurch who took his life and he was a, a sort of world championship level ITU medalist and then recently one of the, a guy that I coach um, he also a friend of his who's also from Christchurch uh, and is also involved uh, in endurance sports he also took his life so it's it's an area I think we don't uh, understand particularly well for a lot of us and um, an important and, area too and, and an area that you don't know how to I don't, well, I certainly didn't know how to deal with the, the situation in terms of helping people that, that suffer from depression and really understanding what it's all about. So hence the reason for getting an expert on the show. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, you know, a depression is a lot more common than I think many of us realize it is. Um, certainly in the U.S., rates in the U.S. and New Zealand are pretty, pretty, pretty on par, actually. But your chances of developing a depression in your lifetime are about 10%. So one in 10 of us will at some point experience a depression and only about 50% of people who experience it seek treatment. So it is more common than we think. In any given year, probably 6 to 7% of the population is suffering depression. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a great sense for that because, as I said, only 50% seek treatment. But that is the estimate is that about 6 to 7% are suffering depression at any given time. How do you sort of define depression? Because we obviously all have you know, roller coaster lives, and sometimes we're having a crappy week, sometimes we're having good weeks. But how do you actually define whether somebody is sort of clinically depressed or just having a having a bit of a crappy period of life? Well, we define it in psychiatry according to some criteria that have been established by a group of leading psychiatrists. So we we use what is called the the Diagnostic Statistical Manual to to diagnose it. And what we, uh, we look for symptoms and it's a kind of crude way to diagnose it. I mean, I hope in the future we'll have a more, a less subjective way to diagnose it. But right now what we look for is a series of symptoms. And in order to meet criteria for depression, people have to have had the symptoms for two weeks or more every day, most of the day. And the two main, um, symptoms that they need to have are either a depressed mood, and that's either by self-report telling us that they feel sad and empty and not themselves, or by report from others, others noting them as sad, tearful, not themselves. So they either have to have the depressed mood or they have to have a sense of decreased pleasure, seriously decreased pleasure in almost all of their activities for two weeks or more. So they can't really enjoy anything in their life for two weeks or more. And then Above and beyond those two criteria, you have to have one of those two. You also either have to have, uh, you have to have five symptoms in total, and they would include a serious weight loss or weight chain, weight change of five percent or more of your body weight. It could be weight loss or weight gain, a change in your sleep pattern, so either no sleep or too much sleep, again for two weeks or more, either feeling agitated or just like you just want to sit on the couch and can't motivate to get up or do anything, fatigue. And then an important symptom is feeling worthless or inappropriate guilt, feeling guilty about things that really don't make sense, Um, a decreased ability to concentrate or even make decisions. And then lastly, a a very worrisome symptom is just 
thinking about death a lot or even thinking about killing yourself or making a plan to kill yourself. And of course, when we see that, we, we, we really get worried. So um, people have to have five of those nine symptoms that I listed, and they have to be present for two weeks or more in a, in a pretty consistent fashion. Uh, and oftentimes, it's, it's much longer than that before they end up in my office. When people finally come in, they've usually been struggling it for quite a while. Well, often we see um, sort of family histories of of depression. Is it, is it or can it be um, a genetic thing, or or situation sort of specific, or is it a bit more random in terms of uh, who it comes up with? No, that's that's a great question, and, and genes certainly play a role in depression. We know they play a role, and the way we know that is that we see patterns of illness in families. And certainly in twin studies that have been done where you take identical twins and you look and see what the rates of depression are in the identical twins, these are two people who share the same genetic material. From those studies, we've concluded that the heritability is probably about 40 to 50%. So genes play a role, but it's not the whole picture. Now, if genes play 50% of a role, we don't know if that means that when you get depressed, that means you 50% of it is your genetic background and 50% is what what happened to you, some life circumstance that happened to you, or if it just means that 50% of cases are genetic and 50% are life situation cases, or if it's something in between. But we do know that through twin studies and adoption studies that your family history plays a role in this. And we also know that there's some non-genetic factors that play a role. So we know that people who've had severe childhood abuse or neglect or severe life stress or losing a parent early in life, that all predisposes you to depression too. So we know life events predispose you. We know genes predispose you. It's a bit of a mixture. There is no one gene that uh, is the gene for depression. So you don't inherit depression directly from your mother or father the way you inherit blue eyes or brown eyes, but we know it's influenced by genes. We just don't know how many yet. Do, um, you know, like if we look at our population of people, you know, I mean, or triathletes in general, uh, are we a bigger case for, for depression or, you know, well, that's a great question, too, and I think it's important to say that... We're full of great questions. Don't you worry about that. I mean, I think it's important to say that athletes are not immune to depression. There, There's probably a little bit of feeling. I've heard athletes say this, you know, how can I be depressed? I'm so healthy. I work out all the time. Mm. I, I don't have any... I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have heart disease. I'm so... I'm the picture of health. How could I possibly be depressed? And, and I think it's important to say that as athletes, we're not immune from depression. I think... Exercise, there's lots of evidence, lots of evidence to show that exercise is protective against depression. It helps you not get depressed. But I think elite athletes may also have some risk factors for depression. And, you know, that that that's sort of multifactorial in the sense that many people turn to extreme endurance exercise to cope with with uh, stress in their lives. And it's a really effective coping skill. And then what can happen is that um, if the exercise fails to meet those needs, they can end up being more likely to suffer from depression. Also, the single focus that's required to be an, ath- an athlete, an elite athlete, compete in a, at an elite level can certainly lend itself to a loss in perspective, and that, that, that in itself can predispose you to depression if you feel like so much is riding on your performance and you don't see your self-worth beyond your performance. So I think exercise is both protective, but as people, as elite athletes certainly can be, you know, the, the examples you gave at the beginning of the show are certainly devastating. And, and I think they're, they're not, um, they're not 
that uncommon in the sense that when when people are that invested in their performance, any any setback can be can be really difficult to handle. You, you sent me um, about an article you're you're writing for um, Endurance Corner at the moment about um, a study that sure showed some some blood testing and how depression or, or your mood can relate to performance or underperformance. And I can actually relate to this because I remember one of the, the best performances I've ever had as an athlete was when I was, um, it was years ago when I was swimming and we were away at a big swimming competition and I, I was getting cougared, Bevan. <laughs> I was getting cougared. And loving it. And I was loving it. And, uh, and he hit a blind of a race. <laughs> it was at a swim meet and I did, I, I think I got, it was at uh, a national competition and I got, uh, or Division 2 national, I got like two gold medals in a first sequel. I was, I was just on fire. <laughs> and, and so uh, yeah, in that article, it did, it did it did say how um, the indicators of depression do relate, can relate to performance or underperformance. Can you just briefly explain that that, that sort of research and, and, and what it sort of summarised? Sure. It, I, I mean, I can I can um, I can try. I, I just want to preface it by saying that the biology of it is not my not my expertise, but but uh, the biology of depression is, is fairly complicated, as is the biology of overtraining. And um, one of the things we know is that cortisol, the stress hormone, the stress hormone produced by your adrenal glands, that that's, it's involved in both. It's involved in both depression and overtraining, as is serotonin, the uh, neurotransmitter that's talked about a lot in depression. When people talk about having a chemical imbalance, they're usually referring to the serotonin theory of depression, but um, we we know it's pretty complicated in that um, when you start to stress the system, either physically or psychologically, that a lot of cortisol is produced, and um, usually what happens is that you adapt to the stress. You know, so when you train, you 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 stress yourself, and then you get an adaptation to that stress. And I think what can happen. Um, is that you can get to a point where the stress is so chronic and so severe that the adaptation fails to happen. And what we're learning, I think, from some of the the new research and from some of the blood tests that are available is that what happens in a psychologic depression and what happens in overtraining has a lot of uh, commonality to it on a biologic level. That, that, That adaptation doesn't happen properly and that the system becomes overloaded or overstressed and you can end up with uh changes in your in your resting cortisol level changes in your ser- in, the, in your brain serotonin level and you can see the pattern of fatigue uh lack of motivation uh lack of ability to enjoy things unexplained changes in mood irritability unexplained changes in sleep and that kind of pattern and both are found in, de- in it's found both in depression and in overtraining okay you, you, you got more to say no well i can say more but go ahead <laughs> oh no no like a few years ago i experienced a little bit of depression probably very mild beginner kind of level of it and i remember at the time you know for me it was a state of feeling i had this kind of overall dull sense in my body for a period of time and and for me you know because i was i was a pretty high level athlete at that time it was the whole thing that i can be i can beat it like not getting outside mm-hmm. help was the answer and that i, I didn't really want to open up to the idea that you know, that I needed help from other people. And I imagine that's probably the biggest thing, especially with people from our area, because we are, we see ourselves as strong people and that, 
you know, that to get help is the weakness. And, you know, I, always, I remember at the time I'd always think to myself, if it gets worse, I'll go get some help about it. But, uh, you know, I can overcome this myself. I imagine, you know, that's probably a problem in everybody, but probably more so in our area. I think there's a, a sense that athletes should be mentally tough. It's such a part of, of, of what we do and what we have to do in races is be mentally tough. We train ourselves for mental toughness. I know I do. And, and so there's a feeling that you don't want to have a crack in your armor and mm. you don't want to, you don't want to show a crack in your armor and uh, certainly not what you want to show at the start line. And so, yeah, I, there's certainly stigma around it. There's stigma around it in the general population, but I think as a group athletes are probably more reluctant to admit that, that there's weakness. Um, that's my guess. I, I mean, I, I think that, that it, it, uh, it becomes harder to admit that there's weakness when you when you feel like there's a lot riding on your strength. And, and as we, as we've alluded to, you know, a lot of people won't go out and get advice. Is there is there any sort of steps people can do to try to help themselves if they feel that they are sort of going down that path where they have had consecutive weeks of, of feeling down in terms of trying to to pick things up? Yeah, I think there are a lot of steps you can take. Um, Social connectedness is a is a pretty good predictor of 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 happiness and ha- making sure that you have the social relationships in place to to talk to people when things aren't going well can be very very helpful in those situations. Um, remembering to tell people that you know when you're having a tough time and remembering to ask for help. Um, but if we're talking about more severe symptoms, you know I do I do advocate exercise for all my patients. I, the ones that are not exercising, I try to get them to exercise. Now, when you're talking about a, a more high-performing athlete, that adding more exercise into the mix may not be what they need. They may need more rest. But, um, but exercise can certainly be helpful in the general population in dealing with anxious or depressive symptoms. Um, just a slight interrupt to him. And yeah. Do you think that it's almost like we need to prescribe more social for our, our athletes? Because, you know, like our, our sport is, it does draw you towards being more, you know, selfish with your time. And, and, and we do tend to compromise our social connections because of the to commitment of training. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, I think even to be a, just a, a good triathlete, and I'm not talking about an elite triathlete, but I think just to be a good triathlete, you have to turn down a lot of social opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself in the position of of shunning certain areas of your life just to make sure you can stay on track with your nutrition, stay on track with your 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 program, and be ready on race day. And, and yeah, I think that can lend itself to some to some isolation and some some depression. Now, the, the good part is that there's such a great community of triathletes in most cities now. So it can be a friendship orienting thing for many people. Mm. But I think when you get into the position where you're shunning the usual social things that you would do, that's a bit of a risk. And I think it, it can be important to just take one day a week to maybe reconnect with other parts of your life, the people that you wouldn't see otherwise mm. in your training. I think that can be helpful. Um, I think it's also important just to stress that, you know, if people are having symptoms and they're worried that something's going on, make an appointment, talk to your doctor about it, you know, make an appointment. It, it, it's really a low risk thing to do is just to, to get an evaluation and see if there's something that can be done. Um, oftentimes it's just a matter of, 
you know, not using medication, but just helping people reframe the way they're thinking about things. And uh, it can be very helpful to talk to somebody, even even just for a few sessions. Well, there, there was a question I had for you uh, is around the, the medical um, prescription of things. And it's saying, you know, I guess often people are maybe looking for a quick fix, you know, pop the pop these here and you'll be all, you'll be all fine. Is it is it pretty commonplace in terms of um, um, prescribing drugs um, for, well, for depression or how does it sort of work? You know, I think when symptoms are severe, then it, it does, medication starts to play a larger role. Generally, when I see patients, I I really tune into what their needs are and, and how they want to approach things. So somebody who's reluctant to try medication, I don't push medication. And somebody who really is pushing for medication, then I'm you know more quick to use it. So I, I do give people some choice in that regard. And I think there are plenty of choices available. I think you can take a more psycho, psychotherapeutic approach to things, a talking approach to your problems. I think you can use cognitive behavioral strategies that and those are also effective in, in depression. Medications are certainly can provide a lot of relief in more serious cases. And I think when you're into a cycle where you can't sleep or you can't function in your normal day-to-day activities, then medication starts to play a more helpful role just to break the cycle. Not even for necessarily long-term use. I've had quite a bit of success just using certain medications to break a particular cycle of, of dysfunction, and then people can do, people get the skills back to do to do the, the psychotherapy work that they need to do to feel better. So, you know, you can take a lot of different approaches. I don't think that I can just say that there's one approach that works. So, so what, let's say you, you, you've got a training buddy or you've got a partner or, or even a parent with kids who, who you think may be going down that path. You know, first of all, you know, we don't want to kind of all be bloody analysts and try to think everyone's depressed if they're having a bad day. But, you know, if you do start to see some signs in the people around you, what approach should you do to about approaching them or, 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 you know, what kind of strategy should you lead into supporting them towards maybe getting away from that place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that can be very tough. I mean, it just it certainly depends how close you are to the person. But I think the thing to to certainly observe is whether you're seeing a dramatic change in their personality, a real change in the way they're approaching their life. And, um, you know, it just – it never hurts – to just sit down and talk to people and, and ask them about what's going on. Most people really like to be listened to, has been my experience, is that, <laughs> is that people like to talk and, and you're, you're usually not going to get in trouble for, for just asking about what's going on. Now, making suggestions certainly is more you're walking on thinner ice there, but, but oftentimes you can get people to sort of acknowledge what's going on on their own just by just by asking, just by talking about things and asking what's going on and making it less of a, a taboo subject. Um, you know, athletes, when athletes talk to each other, it can often just be about, what would you eat? Did you pee? Yep. <laughs> How many hours did you do today? How many hours on the bike? How many hours on the run? And, and you know, just I think taking the conversation to maybe um, you said slightly deeper level, asking about what's going on with a buddy who seems, seems to be – a little different than usual, it can't hurt, you know, and you may, you may find that they're more willing to talk than you thought. It is. And what about if it, the one area I really struggled with was uh, the, the guy that um, took his life in Christchurch. He'd, he'd, he had attempted several times um, to kill himself and, and it was over a period of, I don't know, 
six six months or so. Um, that's you know I I didn't really know what to say to him in terms of uh, how to deal with how, it. how to try to help him. You know I was trying to encourage him to to you know to stay active and get out training and stuff, but I was I was really struggling with that. Is there any sort of guidance you can give in in that area? Well. Um he sounds like he had a you know a recurrent case of depression and and certainly people who have the recurrent pattern of depression are a lot more at risk than the ones who just have a single episode um in this case was was he did you have the sense that he had people he could talk to or was he more socially isolated well he did start to become more isolated and that was mm-hmm. that was the the issue and uh and then because uh, the first time, the first or second time he tried, he he um, he lost a lot of motor neuron you know, ability because he I think was with the the gas and stuff, and uh, and then he was mm-hmm. then he was really struggling to walk, and I'd, I'd imagine that really got the spiral going even steeper. Mm. Yeah, because there was so much lost already. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean it's it's devastating Oop. to live with is to feel like you could have done something. And mm. you didn't, you know, and so I would say always err on the side of 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 trying to do something, trying to get family involved, trying to get the person into treatment. Uh, sometimes people need inpatient treatment. They need to be in a hospital setting where it can really be monitored. And um, it's such a devastating thing to see happen. I, 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 uh, mm. I uh, you know, really my heart goes out to people who have family members who've Who've, who've who've taken their life and it's it's just it's mm, it's a, a very it's it's a, it you know it leads to a lot of complicated grief and and so I think anything you can do to um, to bring perspective to the person to um, get them into some kind of treatment um, you know, in these severe cases where you see a recurrent pattern really medication is is probably what what is needed and. Uh, I think you learn early on in psychiatry that when you're dealing with a major mood disorder, talking to people like that, it's like trying to stop a, a tornado or a tidal wave mm. with your with your body. You know, you're dealing with a major chemical force there, and talking through it is probably not going to be enough. So mm. it, the key is to get those people into treatment, and um, you can save lives. Um, so it's it's just one of those things that is. If you see something that's worrisome, it's probably worth taking the risk of of, of trying to do an intervention. Um, a lot of our listeners often like to hear from uh, leading age group performers of which you fall into the category. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, multiple Shop. Kona qualifier, setting records all over the place. Also, obviously, as we've heard, um, uh, working, so you're not a full, full-time athlete and you're also a mother. So what, what have been some of the really successful things you've done as, a, um, as an athlete in terms of trying to keep that balance between training, family and, uh, and maintaining? a professional career yeah I um I try to first of all really take a break in the off season and that that that's nice because I I I don't uh when I race I race a lot and then I take a real break and try not to take anything triathlon related too seriously for some months of the year and just really focus on doing other things with the family and that that really helps me mentally refresh um my schedule is flexible enough that I can work, train, and spend time with my kids each day. So I feel really lucky that I get to do all three each day. Mm-hmm. And I try to take one day a week to just be family focused. Great. Sundays, I, I I don't do much exercise, and I I hang with the kids and the family, and we make that our day. 
and you know, it's, can I say that it doesn't take away from my kids or my job? Um, probably I, I can't say that, you know, it does. It's a, it's a focus in my life. And I think to be good at the sport, you have to be focused. There's no, there's no easy way to do it, but, but I think there are ways to, to make it all happen. I certainly, I certainly rely on help from, uh, from my husband and, um, bring my kids along to workouts when I can and that kind of thing. But it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do it all. And I, I don't think anybody could really say it's easy to do it all. You just, something gets compromised. You just hope that not everything is getting compromised all the time. <laughs> yeah. Is, is your husband an athlete as well or not? He's a soccer tennis kind of person. He, if there's no ball involved, he's not really interested. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, and Mimi's going to be over in Kona uh, for the, oh, we'll have another camp, deep chat. For the Kona camp. And, <laughs> another right. deep chat. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And, uh, and if, uh, in terms of your writer on endurance corner, dot com um as well so how often do you sort of get um articles up on there i once a month it's a it's a monthly gig and um i'll be following up i did write a piece as you referred to a couple weeks ago it ran about um looking at a new blood test that that is uh, looking promising for diagnosing depression looking at a number of biological markers oh wow interesting to uh to to see if there's a way to actually diagnose depression by blood test and this is looking like a promising new test so that might be something new in the in the psychiatric world um and i was referring in that article to potentially having some markers to to flag for overtraining as well but um i'll be following that up with another article talking more about what we talked about today, that is to say, you know, how do we recognize depression in an endurance athlete and what to do about it. Um, so look for that in a couple of weeks. But generally the topics are a little bit more upbeat than that. Uh, <laughs> not always in this depressed mode. And um, often offer tips for sports psych type tips for dealing with uh, racing, training and what have you. And right. if anybody in, in your sort of area wants to get in contact with you, what's the, the best way if they're in, in the sort of uh, vicinity of your office? You can reach me by email at m.winsberg at gmail.com. That's probably easiest, m.winsberg at gmail.com. My office is, I think you, I'm not sure if you said it right, but Menlo Park. Menlo California. Park. We, we wouldn't have, we never get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and San Francisco, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I but there, there's very polite of you. Most of the towns in New Zealand, so yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no offense. And, and finally, yeah, if anybody does want to support a cause, um, the guy that um, – He's racing Ironman Melbourne um, coming up, and his name's Kieran Sutherland. He's the guy who recently lost, it was just literally in the last couple of weeks, lost a friend, his best mate in Christchurch, and he's actually fundraising for um, mental health um, in New Zealand. And he started off, he was just had a target of, uh, of he was... $5,000 and I looked at it a couple of days ago and he's already up to like 4800 oh, but he's great. actually expanding that and he's, he's now looking to possibly raise up to fifteen twenty thousand $20,000 and it's going really well so far so we'll have a link up on the site to that and if you want to support a good cause um, he's uh, it's his first Ironman racing in, uh, in Melbourne. Well bring it on. So, hey well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you guys great to chat. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in Kona later on. Yes yes Bring it on. Take care. Great chick. Yes. She's a lovely chick. Like I do tell that story about Kona. How <laughs> it was really funny because 
You, must, you, were part of, you had a pretty big party yeah, hard night, good, didn't you? Good night. You were rocking on the dance floor. Yeah. And Mimi and I were just talking deep and people were coming up, oh my God. And then we were going, oh yeah, and what do I think about this? And then they'd pretty much sell us for one minute and then go, oh, actually. Mimi, she's going to be the first uh, president, female president of the United States. Oh, you think? Yeah. Let's from? start that now. Okay. Let's start okay. that now. Bug <laughs> okay. of the career in psycho, um, psychiatric care. It's time to go for presidency. You've made it. You're going to be the president. Here we go. And uh, where's she at? Sorry? EnduranceCorner.com. EnduranceCorner.com. If you want to check out their Boulder camp, go to EnduranceCorner.com. Camp is from June 17th to 23rd, and uh, awesome place to go and train, and obviously you get a lot of awesome help from the likes of Gordo, Alan Cousins, and uh, they they often get lots of big stars coming into their Boulder camp. Um, They're fairly well connected, so you can do a bit of stargazing as well. So we're not going to put music on for Webster of the Week, but we're going to talk about a website that... Well, it's basically a YouTube clip, really, isn't it? Website of the week. Okay, yeah. So, um, so basically, what happened? We got quite a few um, links. People emailing us through, basically saying how when Andrew Messick was at the triathlon convention, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's the big tri- Tri-America or something yeah, like Tri-America, that. Yeah, Tri-America, which is the big triathlon convention, and it's all the thinkers in the sport and all the influencers in the sport get together. And, you know, talk about where the sport is at and what they're doing to move forward. And Andrew Messick did a keynote address, which is around 45 minutes long. And I started watching it this morning because I tend to do my show notes prep before the show. And obviously 45 minutes, I didn't have enough time. I watched about 15 minutes of it. And uh, you've watched the whole thing. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? It is. A lot of the stuff is, re- is, is, is well, some of it is rehashing what we sort of discussed with him last week. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is I think one of the first comments he makes or very early on was, was, really, um, was really telling that he said, you know, when he came into the job, yeah, he quickly realised, and he was a triathlete as well, so he probably knows the, the feeling out there. He says, everybody loves going and doing Ironman races, but then they hate WTC. Yeah, it's and like everything we do, people love, except for they hate the organisation. Yeah, and that's a feeling that we've got, we've, we get, get um, feedback to us as well. You know, well, and oh, you know what, but, hey, we had it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he really just goes through how he plans on... Um, making the organization better and and a big part about that is is as as he discussed last week is making the pie bigger so trying to get participation numbers up trying to have more events and uh, and also trying to make it more of a community and we talked earlier in the show about that Kona inspired and that's another example of that is is trying to get you guys involved in the whole experience a little bit more um, for the people that you know they they may well have been the one and done's you know come and just do do an ironman yeah. they want to try to Hold on to those athletes a bit better, and also the, the the lapsed athletes that have you know been in the sport, maybe dropped out for family reasons or whatever, and then trying to get those people back in. So it's just a. It's well, a good and that's what he talked about. He's, it was really interesting. I only saw the first fifteen minutes, and you know, geez, he seems to be such a good influence for our sport at the moment. But yeah, what he was saying early on was that you know, if you look at WTC as an organisation, they're kind of you know, if their growth is anywhere, it is in more people from outside the sport or keeping people in the sport. And if you look at, um, you know, their approach, you know, if there's 66,000 people doing Ironman currently at the moment or, or one of their races, now they kind of can't get more people within the community to do the sport. You know, the real growth is outside the sport. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they affect that and what's going to be their strategies moving forward. It seems like, the, you know, they've got the right focus now. 
and he talked a lot about um, the well, not a lot, but he talked about the purchase of USM Sports and uh, in Australia, and that and what they do very well is they do this festival type thing, well, where it's multi day. Yep. They'll have a running race, they'll have a swimming race, they'll have teams races, they'll have their main triathlon event, and I think that might be what we start to see a bit more of because then you get the people who are yep. runners and they right go, they go to this amazing experience of a festival event and go, holy crap, man, I want a piece of this. I'm going to do a triathlon, and I think he's he's I've seen that, and they go, hey, if we can do that a bit better. What do people do 50 years ago, John? What do you mean? Well, like, you know, like you look at our lives nowadays, we, there's events, you know, like, you know, before, I suppose you just did sport. Well, I think in, we can only talk from a New Zealand perspective, as I think it would have been rugby or cricket. Yeah, you, you, just play, did, you go and play everyone rugby. Played, everyone played the three key sports in your country. Yep. So yep. if you're in America, you play gridiron baseball or, or, or somebody who's out there, but maybe somebody's out there a bit longer than us. We're already in our 30s, um, but. For guys that are maybe their sixties or potentially listening, yeah, because you, you, know, like, you think you know, endurance sport really came around the eighties. You know, you probably had running. You know, you had your pure sports, yeah, like, yeah, athletics. And yeah, stuff. that's not that people weren't athletic, but it's more you know nowadays you think of all these events that are coming on, and you think of you know as you're saying the festival weekend. Well, the festival weekend. What's great about it is it, it caters to everybody, whereas an Ironman caters to a very niche part of the market and so you know but that gets more people involved in the sport which is ultimately what we're aiming for and so yeah I'm just curious what, to see what they did before that but then they weren't overweight and unfit 50 years ago were they do you know what's going to happen in 20 years time what you're going to do you're going to ask me that question you're going to go what were you doing 20 years ago John and I I'm, will actually and I'm going to go well Bevan I'll just refer to my athletes profile <laughs> and I'll be able oh, to nice, do it nice and because what you can do on athletes you can break it down into years and sports and different should I say sponsor Sponsor. Well, sponsor. Really? The athletes aren't a sponsor, are they? They're, They're just, just a part of the show. Yeah. So what you can do with, with athletes is I can go back now and I can look at my 2004 results. I've only got two in there. Um, but you can break it down by year and you can also break it down by sport. So I can go and Your look best at, year, John, was 2009. Yep. I had nine races that year. That's when I probably did running races during the winter. Uh, That's why I had a few was more. Was it a good year? Um... Can't recall. We should have gone and had a look. I should have. Um, I should have done. Well done. Uh, but you haven't got the But you can, also, you can also go in there, and so you can look by years, and you can also go look by events. So I can go and look at however, however many marathons I've run, however many 5Ks I've got listed in there. And it's just so much easier than going back to each individual website. So what did I run in the Christchurch Marathon in 2003? Yeah. I can go, boom, here are all my marathons, here are all my Christchurch marathons, all compared in one place. So, so. on Athlinks, John has one equathon, two duathlons, uh, 11 running races, a trail run and in 18 triathlons yes hence you probably know what i like most yes so get on to athlinks.com and you can uh, store things uh, it does it automatically you no for soccer you races. sorry you got no soccer races well i just haven't really put them in there to claim them uh. i've never done any good in soccer races so. <laughs> that's what you do yeah. is you basically just tilt it towards your favor yeah. a little bit but just keep all your results in one place and uh yeah get on to athlinks.com and sort it all out. If you haven't done it, make sure you do because it is just it's the thing where I really believe with athletes, the key is just do it every time you do a race. It's easy, and and yeah, and it's easy, but it's also just that if you do it, you, you it's one of those things that ten years later you go, oh, I wish I'd done it. And if you do it every time, you get in that habit, and then ten years later you can look back and go, Jesus, a legend. Bevan, you've got, it's decision time for you. Oh, so you get to choose because we're going to cut some stuff out because we've been going for hours. And we really, yeah, it's hour, a long show. It's an hour, no, it's only an hour twenty-five right now, including Mimi. Okay, so you got a, well, you got a choice. You either go for the full hog. We've got one question. We've got a rant of the week. I'm doing the rant of the week, so you don't actually choose on that one. Oh, well, let's leave the questions out. 
What about the joke of the week? You want that? I've, I've brought back two, 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 <laughs> joke of the two week. old time features. <laughs> the old joke of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long joke, so I'm going to say no. Oh, we, we, we've got to have two, you've got to two, two or three here. So we either go question and rant or joke and rant. I'm thinking maybe joke and rant. Okay, let's go joke and rant. But okay. we're pretty bad at reading jokes out. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this. Because okay. <laughs> I noticed that it's, like, it, it's directed at me, which is, which is great to see. So wait. So wait. I'm clearing my just voice. One, really just one the, thing I do have to say before we do is this. Is my water over there? Yeah, it's your water. God, I'm like his mother. <laughs> Matt, Matt Alice sent through a, a clip that he made about his um, Iron Man experience, and it's really well done. So I'm going to put that on our website, www.iamtalk.me. Just any other thing I need to mention here? No. Okay. So here's my rant of the week, Bevan. Okay, John. Getting do you angry. Want to do a, getting getting angry. angry. I got a bit angry. Last week, everybody, I had my, my 10K return to racing, and I had pretty low expectations. Yeah, he was aiming for a 36. I was like, come on, John, you're faster than that. And pulled out a 34. 34 and a half. Nice. I was reasonably satisfied yeah. with that. I actually ran a very... On an up and down course? Up and down course. So let's call it, say, sub-34 sub on any uh, other course. Probably 29. <laughs> um, but it was an out and back course. And uh, and so I, I figured, right, I'm going to go out here at, um, at about, around about 3 minute 30k pace. Because yeah, I thought, know, you know... 34, you don't want to go too crazy too yeah. early. <clears throat> don't want to go too crazy too early. But thought, yeah, I thought if I, I really should be running sub-36. Did you do a good warm-up? Uh, okay, warm up. Yeah, I'm not a big big warmer upper. But when uh, 10k, you get pretty intense pretty quick. Yeah, you go that intense pretty quick. But some people do go too intense and too quick. Why you and this starts that? to bug me. Does it annoy you? I understand people have some issues with pacing when they're new to the sport. Yeah. But what annoys me is when people who are clearly experienced in the sport don't have a clue about their pacing. And I'm sorry, females, but I'm going to direct this at you because do you, are you going to name and shame? No, because I don't know the girl's name. Uh. But this happened in the Auckland Marathon as well. So I'm running along. So what's the chick problem? You're getting yourself in trouble here, John. Well, it's, no, no, guys are equally as bad, but often the guys, I don't really know their abilities. And I, I kind of know where I rank against the, the, the first chick. So we're running along Auckland Marathon, and I'm thinking, you know, I had my target, so I'm thinking, yeah. right, I mean, I, I'm sticking to this pace, and I'm going to run. And, you, and two, based on that time, you kind of thought you weren't going to get checked. Yeah, and, and I'm running along, and there's a girl running next to me for about the first Ten, like she was still there going over the Harbour Bridge, which is at least 10k and if not a bit further. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way you're going to maintain this. What are you thinking? You're, you're, if you're coming first, yeah. should you not have a better clue about pacing? And as it turned out, she was miles behind me. Like, I think maybe seven minutes or something behind me at the end. And yet, but did she, going, she did. But well, she won that race. Her, but her positive split was just ridiculous. You know how, how much she maybe slowed she was down. To break the field. Maybe she was mentally. If I can get a massive lead at halfway point, they give up. She would have gone quicker if she'd paced herself mm. correctly. And the same she thing. She won the race, Did you win the race? I got. Uh, I, did, I did very well. <laughs> I was 10, quite, quite pleased. You get but, but you said it, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, same thing happened last week. I'm running along this 10k. We go through the first k, and I've got my pacing pretty good. You know, I'm thinking I want to go. Out. It's always hard to control that first k. I went through the K marker in 308. And, and well, you but, wait a second. But, but, on, but, but, hypocrite, but, yeah? but, but, but wait, but wait. The K marker was incorrect because I've got to give the girl some plug. She was wearing a GPS watch. And we went through the first K and they, they ran out 308. And I said, I'm not running that fast. And then about 20 seconds later or so, her watch beat. She had GPS. And so she uh, said, that's a K. We went through one. Uh, so you actually three, went in 330. About 327 or something. So I thought, okay. bang, I'm on pace here. But then I was looking, I'm going, why are you running so fast? And she did. She turned, ended up being probably about, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half, more than a minute and a half behind me, probably about a minute 45 behind me at the end. When did she She's going out in about three, on the first, first hill. So about 1.1k in. <laughs> what are you doing going at this pace? So please, people out there, learn about pacing. If you're doing a, a running race especially, set off 
at what is going to be a realistic best case average pace, not massively quicker. It's, I can guarantee you, you will do a quicker time if you're able to run an even pace or if you're able to build into it. Guarantee it. Have you ever, have you ever paced poorly? Yes. And I'm telling you, that's why I'm <laughs> preaching here, is learn from my inexperiences and experience in the past and my mistakes so you guys don't make the same mistakes. Pacing. It's really not that hard. And I was running the same deal. Happened. But John, I was, people get cast, excited. Cast, she was know, winning the race. Carsten Jorgensen, that big uh, Danish guy, he's a machine runner. He was running along with me uh, uh, in the first K, and he's like, he, he went on and ran probably, he probably ran about 33. So again, he was another example, very experienced Danish world orienteering champion, starting conservatively, building into it, and bringing it home hard. Do you know what, John? It's a way to race. John, yes. you'll be proud of me. Good. Why? why? Because when I did the Abel Tasman race. Exactly. That's what I did. Exactly. I did it, I, John, you'll be so proud of me. And I, because you know me, I'm the excited guy, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And when I used to train, if anyone went, I was going with them because mm-hmm. that's how I roll. But in Abel Tasman, I was like, no, they can go away. And I just okay, keep bringing them down, keep bringing them down. So whilst it's a rant, it's also a bit of a coach's corner. Oh, nice. So, so that's how you do coach's corner <laughs> yeah. now. You tell people off. Yes. Especially checks you. you so you, you think it's more of a chick problem? No, I don't think it's no no. Oh, it oh been, now it, you're pulling away. No, it's been highlighted a chick problem because the chicks are the ones that are running alongside me. Guys, it's, it's potentially probably even worse with guys. But did the girl win on, on the ten k? She did. <laughs> she won. Well, I think she would have gone a lot quicker. It's about time. So you're only up against who you, who's there, and she. I think she could have ran much quicker. If you she think she would have done twenty nine as well? 29, yeah, 29. She would have said new world best time. Okay, John, now, any, yep. I don't think any females ever broke, broken 30 minutes. I'm sure they wouldn't. Okay, know. well, I'm going to pull that up while you're going to tell this bad joke. But world 10K female record. World, wait a second, world uh, 10K. I'll, I'll do this. Right, Bevan, this, right. Is, a, this is a joke. Like, from, what do we need to do with jokes? Like, occasionally we get the joke of the week, and Mel James has sent this one through. <laughs> Bevan, for every count now, and then this is from April 18th, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one on file for a while. <laughs> a joke of the week is, is it's a segment, it's a, it's a yearly occasion, and... And, and I think what we need to do if we're going to do Joke of the Week is we can't read them out because we're both pretty poor at reading out from oh, texts. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this one. You, you are? Yeah. I think what you need to do, you need to, understand, you need to live in the joke and tell the joke so you need to do the prep before the show. Okay. But let, well, try, try, try reading out. So this is from Mal James. Forgiven? Forgiven? From the start. It's because you've got a silly name. <laughs> Bevan forgets his training program and spends a year sitting on the couch of doom eating pizza and watching the Auckland Warriors or the Vodafone Warriors yep. as it should be. So you love picking sponsors. <laughs> being constantly beaten by Australian teams on the television. Hey, they, they got they, to the final last year. Yeah, but they got beaten by Manly at the weekend. Yeah. Um, Go the Warriors! After a year, John Newsom, in despair for his lapsed friend, decides he is going to start tra- a training regime for him and tells Bevan to be ready at 6am the next morning I'll for be ready. a run. I'm always ready at 6am. So when the doorbell rings the next morning, Bevan dressed, ready to go. When he opens the door, he sees Desiree Ficker standing there, dressed Pretty in a hot. tight tri suit that can barely contain her. She smiles and says, If you can catch me, Bevan, you can have me, and starts off at a very fast run. John, I'm not a single man. <laughs> I know. This continues each morning. Well, in 2010, you probably were. Um, this, no. <laughs> this continues each morning. After about three very frustrating weeks, Bevan begins to get in shape and can almost keep up with her. One morning, he's He's barely able to touch her tri-suit But can't hang on But he thinks tomorrow will be the big day I'll catch her and have her He barely sleeps that night Waiting in eager anticipation 
mixed page. Hold on, sorry. I'm scrolling <laughs> the down. Mixed page. <laughs> the mixed page. <laughs> the next morning, the bell ring pres- rings precisely at 6 a.m. Yes. He runs to the door and throws it open. Come on, Desiree. There stands a huge, burly woman at least, at least six feet, five inches in height and over 250 pounds. She muscles up like a plow ox and has a large wart amid her facial hair. She smiles and says... I'm your new trainer. If I can catch you, I can have you. John, that was, was not... Weak. Okay, wait, I'm doing last, do the last line again, do the last line. I'm your new trainer. If I can catch you, I'll have you. <laughs> so if you think you can beat Mel, Mel James's jokes, send one in, and I, was, I want this to be a regular feature. Well, based on the effort there, that's not going to be a regular it was, feature. It was well written, well read though. Uh, you, you, yes. Okay. Well, seven out of ten. Okay, thank you. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what I was pitching for. For you and I, the, the, we've probably sit on a five out of ten when it comes to reading out loud. So six, seven out of ten, that's good. Mm. Yeah, I don't think many of our listeners are sopping and crying with laughter. I know what I forgot to do. What? I might have to send a text, uh, an email to Greg Welsh. I forgot to ask him what his, his fresh 10K time, because he said he ran some track. Well, you, did, you had it in the notes, and I, I pointed to it, and I then know. you went off somewhere else. Yeah, I know. Um, mm. So what's the world's woman's 10K record? Okay, what do you think the guys is? Oh, that's a good question. I would say 27 low. No. No? 26 low. Oh, 26 low. I was, I was veering on 26 high, but I was thinking, I don't want to look like an 26 low. Well, just, I can't say his name, so I'm going to the computer say his name. Listen to this. Oh, nice. Fair. Oh, it didn't work, maybe because garage bands open. Uh, Kenesa Berkeley. Bacali, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, from 20, 26, 20, 17. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Max. Yeah, you do go. it all, John. I'll do it yeah. again. Watch. See, it doesn't say. sound like what the commentators say normally. Well, that's how they, say, they say Bacali. And then Gabriel Silesi yeah. is. Um, so what was that time again? Sorry, six twenty-six seventeen. It's <laughs> phenomenal, man. <laughs> I was taking my guys for. So it's um, ten minutes past what? Oh no, no, what you predicted? You, yeah, yeah, you're taking your guys. I was taking my guys last night. Last we head out before um, going over to Australia, and we were doing some some fast running, some two hundred, some one hundred strides, and we were like going. I could keep this up for 10k. I could almost have the world record. This is like 100 meters. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Gabriel Celeste is only what, five seconds behind him. Nice. And that was two, 1998. Wow. Yeah, man. He was a freak, eh? I think I read somewhere he's going to struggle to make the Olympics, the London Olympics the other day. Who? Gabriel Celeste. Oh, is he trying for the Olympics? Mm. Oh, really? I thought he retired. No, no. Um, oh. So, good woman's. Okay, what do you think the woman's is? Chinese lady? Well, oh, that's going to have an asterisk next to it. <laughs> what are you saying? That was a, what, what, year, what year was Wait, that? Again, here's the name. Wang Zhongxia. Wang yeah, what, what year are we looking there? We should do this with the show, John. Because yeah. we're so bad with the names. Well, give me a year. Here's, um, 1993. What was happening in 1993? That was a turtle blood, um, f- turtle blood time. Wait a second. She got second. Okay. Got well, second. I, I would go... Thirty ten. No, you're well off. Yeah. Well, twenty forty seconds off. Twenty nine thirty one. I have been under thirty. Yeah, there's been about five girls who've been under. So um, the next is then, but she's she is twenty seconds, twenty two seconds ahead. So then the next one is is she Chinese or where's she from? And she's from Ethiopia. Okay. And she's so she's done a twenty nine fifty three, and then one second behind her is. And she's. <laughs> 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 I'm going to do a five. And then from Turkey, Turkey, didn't think Turkey had many faster runners, so she's done a, a 29.56. And then lastly, oh, lastly we have 
Yeah. She's done a 29.59. <laughs> Paula, Paula um, Radcliffe. A thirty oh one. Oh, yeah. She, she, she's not going to get any quicker than that. No, no, not no, no, not nowadays. Oh, we got a quite a bit of feedback about Paul after last week. After talking about the marathon and Tim Hemming from the Sun, he sent us through a lot saying Tim she is hanging Hemming. Oh, Hemming, sorry, Hemming, <laughs> tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> tennis player loves to show. <laughs> <laughs> Recording for too long. (laughs) She is trying for the Olympics. And she, her marathon records. We're we're getting off track here, but (laughs) really, but but, um, I I read Chrissy Wellington is doing London Marathon. Yeah, but Tim was saying that she was going to try for the Olympics, and um, she was going to try for the half. Do they have a half Olympics? No, but she maybe. Well, maybe I need to read Tim's email again. Tim Hemman sort of. Tim Hemman. Go get your tennis company to, to start <laughs> pulling strings. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> there you go. Yonix or. We've been recording, what, for nearly four hours. Bevan, that's just a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> I, I, I told him. Bevan always says, oh, it takes some hours and hours to process the show. Last week we had a few um, issues in terms of getting interview times done, and so I was just mushing around here doing some work. <laughs> And he's got the show done and dusted in no time flat. Hey, it was five, six hours. No, we were kind of, oh, okay. No, it's it's three hours. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. It's a slight exaggeration. Coffees of Hawaii. Bevan, one thing I know that you love about Coffees of Hawaii. I love lots about Coffees of Hawaii. Chocolate covered beans. They've got oh. they've got cappuccino white oh, covered. Have you seen some over? I'll, I'll get some when we go over to Kona, which is incidentally sold out. Seventy point three now that Lance has signed up. It's never did, sold did out. You, well, that's the thing. Did you get entries? Uh, most of our guys got entries. All our guys got entries. For your camp? Yeah, yeah. Whew. And accommodation is booked, thankfully. Um, cappuccino white chocolate covered beans. They've got dark chocolate covered beans. Oh, John. Um, and milk chocolate covered beans. So whatever sort of milk. chocolate you like, milk chocolate. Oh, milk chocolate. <laughs> milk say. chocolate covered beans. <laughs> And so, Bevan, oh, I, I need a break. They're espresso beans layered with ver- um, velvety dark chocolate, smooth, rich, and satisfying. John, I love my dark chocolate. Mm, I know you do. Eight bits a day. Eight bits a day. <laughs> it's four at lunch. Yeah. Four at night. I get 70% that dark guarana. Yeah. Oh, Wittards? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it Whitakers? Whitakers? <laughs> Wittards. What do Wittards do? Wittards do, um, do plates and stuff. <laughs> And bowls. Oh, I put I put my Whitaker's chocolate on my Whitaker's. There you go. I was <laughs> reading. reading <laughs> but I tell you what, dark chocolate and dark chocolate is meant to be really good for you. Mm. You should yeah. have more. Well, no, John, because I'm one of those people who's 110 or nothing. Yes. Unless I can have some. No such thing as 110. percent I'm going to start another rant. You can't go 110. percent Well, you can go 110 percent of your say threshold, but you can't go 110 well, percent so, of that. So basically, so you can. Well, it depends what term you're using. So you're using. So you can go 110. percent You could eat have 110 percent more chocolate. <laughs> See. Yes. So yeah. So that would actually be about another eight, 11, nine pieces. Yeah. Lots. But if <laughs> you want to get your chocolate covered, chocolate. Oh beans. well, the good thing about it is because you know research says caffeine in the morning is a good thing to kick start your day. So you could have a bit of dark chocolate in the morning mm. with a bit of caffeine kick. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good energy booster. So if you want the discount codes for Coffees of Hawaii, go to imtalk.me, click on the Coffees of Hawaii logo, and Albert it gives all the different discount Albert codes. I was sent through the Roku box. Now, for those in America, Roku. It's like, yeah. a, it's like the way they're getting the internet, internet on TV, and I was saying it rocks the party. And he also gave me a recommendation for a, uh, a movie. This is Albert's, you know, just, mm. you know, because Coffees of Hawaii. Man on Wire, have you seen that? No. Oh, you do have to see it. Right. I've seen it, and it's brilliant. It's a documentary about this guy who, in the 70s, put a wire across the Twin Towers, 
and then walked across it on a wire. Oh, and yeah. he stayed up there for like 40 minutes. Really? And he did it illegally. So the cops yeah. were at each end going, what can we do? And yeah. like, it's a mind... And the guy was just this real eccentric... Like, when he got down from the bottom... This girl came up to him just because he was suddenly famous. He said, I want to have sex with you. And he goes, and he had a partner. He goes, okay. Serious, if you want to watch a great documentary on your Roku box, go to um, Men on Wine and get that. But anyway, coffee. If you want to get your great coffee, go to coffeesofwire.com. If you need the discount codes, go to imtalk.me and click on the logo and it takes you through. Sponsors. Athletics.com. Yes. Coffeesofwire.com. Yes. And extreme endurance. <laughs> yes. Oh Joe's been away for a couple of days. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Devin's getting excited. Oh, it's not going to be too bad. It's probably going to be hour 45. Okay. That is so pretty long. There. If you're listening still right now. Congratulations. Congratulations. Because most people probably shut up. Yeah. Uh, half an hour ago, oh, God, we're sick of this crap. So, um, what you got, Sean? Uh, I've talked about my 10K. Reasonably happy with that. It was good. And onwards and upwards. About a minute off what I think I'm capable of when I'm in good shape. So, not as bad as that, but as planned. Uh, other gossip, um, I'm just loving the progress that my son Thomas is making with his swimming. He's all of a sudden just getting smoking it. it. And he's just he's like, a good old swimmer, isn't he? he, he and he, because we go to swimming lessons on Tuesdays after the show, go home, do a little bit of work in the yeah. Same, double like five hours I do after yeah, the show. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and it used to be, you know, he'd be jumping in and you sort of have to stand close and hold him and catch him. And now he's like, go back, go back, go back, nice. go back. And so now he just jumps in and he can go back to the edge of the pool. He's only four. I'm loving it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, life is work and family. <laughs> life, life is, is work, work and family. Because I, I thought about that. Look. I thought about that, uh, you know, the discussion topic. Your coach was oh, nice. last yeah. week. And, um, some good feedback on that. Thank and you. yeah, it's different story in family. I know you've still got to make time, but you also want some vegetating time. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of vegetating time when, you're, um, when you've got young kids. Well, I could do another discussion on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do a vegetation time discussion. Okay. Joe's gone away, John. Yes. She's quit a job. She's working up. Our running business is going really well, which is awesome. And um, so she's quit her job, and she's, going to do, she's got a part-time job, and then she's going to do part-time work on the business, which is really exciting. <coughs> and she had a week off in between, so I said, why don't you go away to get, you know, because Joe kind of always wants to do things around the house, so... And John, I've noticed that Joe's rubbed off on me, and, and not just literally. Yes. Goodness. <laughs> because she's a bit of a clean freak, my Joe. Yes. And she has one thing that really – what's the thing that annoys Belinda about you around the house? Um, when I'm – like, because I do most of the cooking yep. at home, and if I do any sort of frying, not that I fry many things, but whatever, if, if things spit out, and if I just sort of wipe it down, yeah. I wipe it, I'll clean it. Yeah, but still It might bit, leave yeah. a little bit of a layer of yeah, a film of grim, or something. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that bad, is it? Look out. <laughs> Look out, Jeff. Yeah. And so mine's turning lights off. Mm. Joe hates the idea that you could leave a light on. And to me, I don't get it, because how much do you think it will cost to leave a light on? When I went, cause before I uh, digressing slightly here, I went down to the toilet – just before we started this part of the show, and uh, and I noticed that the bedroom light was still on. And yeah. I said, "Where's Joe?" And he said, "Oh, she's away." Yeah. Okay, so carry on with your story. Well, actually, John, you really ruined my story <laughs> 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 because. I've been really good at keeping the lights off when she's away, and and I just subconsciously I'm doing it, mm. and so I'm just it, it's interesting that I'm still trying to impress Joe even when she's not here, mm. and I took a photo of the light off, but the problem was it was dark. Mm, <laughs> sorry, there was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's the principle of the turning lights. It's not the power. It's the principle of wastage. I think that probably bugs her. I'm, I'm guessing she, she, the, the wastage thing really gets to Joe. Yeah, there you go. If you waste power. 
she, she uh, gets through the man. It's like, you, you, you're, you're like, turn it off, turn it off. She, she's like, she'd rather have a jacket on than have the heater on, if you know what I mean. Mm. And she's one of those types of people, and, and it does get to her a little bit at times. And sometimes I go, babe, to leave this light on costs three cents a month or something like that, and she mm. still doesn't. That's three cents that could be. It's saved, a principle. You know? It's a principle of it. Yes. Anyway, I think this is probably going to be one of the longer shows we've done in a long time. So, yes. um, Legends of Triathlon. Make sure you check it out. Um, and again, get to the. By the, by the gear Yes Get that it's blue bargain, 70 man. It's Blue 70 stuff It's a no, no brainer Iron Russ Home and do Train hard Train smart Kia Kaha, Kia Kaha.